a liberal minister and various MPs celebrate with a known anti-Semite and Holocaust denier, which is not shocking hypocrisy given our prime tyrant's doublespeak about protests in China. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And Saskatchewan seems to protect its people from the same liberal government's creeping gun bans. Our weekend review will bring you up to date. Despite what you've been told, experimental gene therapy injections are still being used as currency to guarantee the freedom and well-being of people. We have disturbing stories coming both out of British Columbia and New Zealand and an exclusive interview with a former Purilator employee to bring this evil into the light. Finally, as March approaches and doctor-assisted murder and suicide is set to be expanded, even now, this demonic practice is completely off the rails. As a Canadian Paralympian and military veteran was offered this service, and Quebec fashion retailer Simmons promotes it in one of their advertisements that they had to eventually pull down because of the fierce backlash. It's December the 6th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck, and this is the Liberty Dispatch. Hey there, and welcome to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. Wherever you're joining us from, we are appreciative of the fact that you have tuned in, whether it's just on your favorite podcast catcher or you're checking us out on our Rumble or YouTube channel. If we're up there, I think we're still banned. But nevertheless, we are <clears throat> so thankful for you tuning in. You can get all our content over at the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, the FLFnetwork.com. And we would encourage you to go over there and check out everything that we have going on because we know you will be blessed by not only our programming, but the many other really, really solid programs over at the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Also, they have a really cool app called the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network app, which you can download from your Google Play or your Apple App Store. So we would suggest that you do that, get all our content on demand and please go over to our website the liberty coalition canada.com liberty coalition canada.com where you can check out all things liberty coalition uh whether it be our advocacy our news and analysis or the various initiatives that we have going on we would really appreciate you going over there and finally please uh if you would please consider uh leaving us a donation we are in the fundraising season, as the year winds down and we are looking to build uh, a big and better uh, Liberty Coalition in in the coming year. So if you would, please prayerfully consider helping support us that, that we can not only defend your liberties as it pertains to legal advocacy, but we can actually push back against uh, mainstream media and all their shenanigans. And we can extend that Overton window so we can have the proper conversations that we're, we're, we're looking to have and that we need to have as a culture. And we can uh, fight to destroy the body of anti 
by Christ. Uh, <laughs> so that is uh, really, really important. And we really do appreciate all the support that we've already gotten from our faithful listeners, our viewers, um, our supporters. So thank you so much. But again, we do have an ambitious goal of $400,000 this year. So if you would help us realize that, that would be absolutely fa fantastic. And as always, if you want to reach out to us with any comments, questions, or concerns, you can hit us up at info at libertycoalitioncanada.com. That's info at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Christmas is fast approaching, and you can be certain that all of the woke and status coffee companies you despise will be offering cute little gift bags with bitter coffee and pagan mugs, all in an effort to take your money and fund their corporate socialism. That's why I'm thankful for our friends over at Resistance Coffee. They also have wonderful gift ideas for the holidays. Not only does their coffee taste fantastic, they also use part of your money to fund the fight for freedom and liberty in Canada. Head over to resistancecoffee.com LCC and give the gift of coffee. You can purchase a little resistance. That's two bags of coffee and one mug of your choice, a resistance gift bag and some stickers all for $55 plus free shipping. Or you can purchase a lot of resistance, which is four bags of coffee and two mugs of your choice, a resistance gift bag and some resistance stickers all for $95 plus free shipping. I don't want to exaggerate here, but if you really do love those around you, you'll give them the gift of resistance this Christmas time. Go to resistancecoffee.com slash LCC and make sure that you use that slash LCC for all of your purchases so that they know that we sent you. Absolutely, Andrew. And as we are wont to do at the beginning of each week, we get into our weekend review. So let's cue it up. Well, first of all, Andrew, we have a rather shocking story, but it shouldn't be shocking because if you understand this uh, liberal connection to Islam and the kind of virtue signaling that goes around it, uh, we shouldn't be surprised of this weird coalition between liberal uh, MPs and parliamentarians and a weird anti-Semite. So, Federal Minister of Transport, Omar Al-Kabra, Liberal MP Salma Zahid, NDP MP Nikki Ashton, and Green Party leader Elizabeth May were at a Canada-Palestine parliamentary friendship group, and they hosted Nazi Kabata, and others from his Meshwar media group on Parliament Hill in what was described as a solidarity ceremony. Meshwar Media is an Arabic language news outlet based in Toronto. They have referred to the Holocaust as the Hala hoax and the biggest it lie in all of history. In 2015, the newspaper called Judaism a terrorist religion. 
in which killing is ingrained. The media outlet praised the 2014 synagogue massacre in Jerusalem's Harnoff neighborhood in which Canadian citizen Shaim Rotman was murdered as courageous. Wow. Despicable stuff. Just last week, Kabata praised the heinous nail bomb murder of 16-year-old Arya Shkupak as a quality, quality operation by Palestinians. Woof. Yet these are the people that some very prestigious parliamentarians had for a Canada-Palestine parliamentary friendship outing in which Elizabeth May actually says in a video that we will put in the description below that she takes her cues from Palestine. So, uh, anti-Semitic, crazy conspiracy nonsense. Like, literal, like, I know they want to say that we're the conspiracy theorists, but this is despicable stuff. And yet, they're being hosted officially by some leaders in our nation. It's 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 hard to wrap your mind around, Andrew. Maybe you can make sense of it for us. Well, there's two quick thoughts that I have. And the one is that the reason why there is such a despising of Israel is because they are really the only nation in that part of the world that holds to Western principles, right? The idea of individual rights and responsibilities, the ideas of just law, just trials, property rights, actually treating women and children with dignity and equality before the law. They are the only Western ally, and we know that the left despises the West. They despise Western civilization, and they despise Western culture. And so you can hate on Israel because they're founded upon those same principles that undergird Western civilization. And this is the second point I want to make. It's that they don't actually hate Western civilization. What they hate is that which props up Western civilization, which are biblical principles and a biblical foundation. And Israel, right, the Judaism and Israel and all that represents, they would say that they would hold to the Old Testament scriptures. And we also hold to the Old Testament scriptures. Now, we understand that as Christians, Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and that really the Old Testament points forward to him and it exalts him. And you can see him all over the pages of the Old Testament. So we understand that the only way to actually interpret the Old Testament scriptures is through the lens of Christ and through the lens of his life, death, and resurrection. But nevertheless, the principles you find within the Old Testament scriptures about law, about justice, about mercy, about the treatment of people, about how to deal with murderers and how to deal with those who would, you know, kill babies and those who would take people to court unjustly, all those same principles in the Old Testament, the Jewish people in the Is and Israel would hold to. So this isn't so much a despising of Western civilization as what it really is. It's a despising of and a hatred of God and his word and his law and the truth of biblical principles and biblical foundations. So this is why they can hate on Israel or align with people that hate on Israel because they share a common enemy. This is what's kind of wild about both the cultural Marxists and 
the radical Islamists or mm -hmm. um, is, is controversial as this would be, I would say those that actually believe the tenets of Islam down to the letter as mm -hmm. opposed to the soft moderate ones. But the yeah. this weird kind of coalition between the radical Islamists and the cultural Marxists is that they share a common enemy, which is Western civilization that's mm -hmm. built upon biblical principles. So mm -hmm. that's why they can do this. And there's no doubt to Andrew, the fact that um, Israel, when it was founded uh, after the Second World War, partly to do to with the UN and everything. Um, it was primarily a socialist nation. Um, so they threw off the shackles of socialism. A lot of the left wing values that kind of undergirded Israel when it was first reorganized, they, they've been shunted. And in fact, there's not really a lot of secular leftist options within Israel because primarily because of the conflict that they've had to go through with these various uh, Muslim factions um, who are literally seeking their destruction um, and who are obviously celebrating um, the death of the Jews, as we see here from the representatives of Meshwar media. Um, yet these are the people who are being welcomed with open arms. So really spare... Spare me the the crocodile tear, tears, this political theater, when these members and members like them and people they're associated with cry. Or they, they, they talk a big game about white supremacy, about anti-Semitism, about all sorts of hate crimes. But they are actually welcoming with open arms those who push forward crazy conspiracies and also who are filled with hate and actually give the thumbs up to terrorist attacks because they're killing the people that they are enemies with. That is truly what's going on here. And for Elizabeth May to say she takes her cues from Palestine uh, on this issue, it's, it is pretty shocking. And I think, Andrew, your analysis of the situation is really important to understand that there is a spiritual component to it. Um, and this weird mixture of cultural Marxists and um, radical Islamists basically has to do with the fundamental understanding that what they're attacking is Christendom and the vestiges thereof. Now, they have a perverse view of what that actually is, mind you, but that is what brings these two seemingly totally disparate groups together. Our next story for our weekend review has to do with the province of Saskatchewan. So the province intends to pass the Saskatchewan Firearms Act legislation that will protect citizens from the growing control measures of our federal government. Corrections, policing, and public safety minister Christine Tell said this. This act will help address concerns of responsible firearms owners and enhance public safety across Saskatchewan. Tell has also clarified we take public safety seriously and support initiatives that reduce the criminal use of firearms while preventing gang violence and stopping illegal guns from entering our province. Tell previously sent a letter to the Saskatchewan RCMP's head office, sorry, head officer, Rhonda Blackmore, stressing 
that she would not provide provincial policing resources to aid the federal program. This is the federal gun confiscation program. Federal Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino, if you remember him, he was the guy who was told by CSIS that the convoy didn't constitute a threat high enough to invoke the War Measures Act. And he said, well, I don't care. I can do whatever I want. He characterized this position as irresponsible for not prioritizing safety. So good for Saskatchewan. Good on them saying we're going to have our own measures in place to make sure that gun safety and gun violence are taken seriously. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to throw any money toward the federal government coming for the guns of responsible Canadian firearms owners. So this another uh, that's another win for Saskatchewan. They're also, by the way, one of the provinces, along with Alberta, that testified during the public inquiry saying we don't think that the invoking of the War Measures Act was justified. So good for Saskatchewan. Yeah, do it, uh, Mo and the team over there are doing a, a pretty good job in Saskatchewan, I, which I hate to say as a Manitoban. You know, I hate to give praise to our prairie neighbors there because of our rivalry. But uh, no, I, I, I think this is a very important step. And it, it also, Andrew, comes on the heels as well as, as the attempt in Alberta to pass the Sovereignty Act. And uh, now we haven't covered that in depth. We we ought to do it. We'll, we, we'll maybe bring some people on to talk about that and exactly how that's going to play out and whether or not it's a proper and right approach. But I think what, what I want to say is I, I fully support provinces leaning into the separations of powers that they have and and actually going out of their way to increase separating their power, their responsibility and their jurisdiction from that of the federal government. I am a huge supporter of federalism, um, the principle of localized government. So um, in one respect, all government is local, uh, but in a real respect, I think, biblically speaking, the most effective government is local. And that's why having more power at the provincial, the municipal level is always a good thing. And the fact um, that you get guys like Mendocino, that you get guys like Trudeau, you get guys like Singh, whatever, all these nauseous like they they just noxious they're just terrible figures they're commenting on what the provinces should and should not do stick it you know that's that's a perfect example of why provinces need to advocate for themselves more and more because you know what jake meet singh you're not an albertan You're not an elected official in Alberta. You don't know anything that's going on in Alberta. Same with Saskatchewan. Marco Mendocino, you're not from Saskatchewan. Stay out of it. Let Saskatchewan be Saskatchewan. Manitoba be Manitoba. Ontario be Ontario. And so on and so forth. So, well, we could get into some practical debates about the Sovereignty Act in Alberta and specific ways to impose the provinces pushing back against federal government overreach. I am a full supporter of the provinces waking up from their dogmatic slumber and throwing off the shackles of federal power in this way. So 
that to me is a big takeaway is we can be thankful that, you know, Saskatchewan, Alberta, they're going in the right direction. Now, I do think we need to use wisdom on how we approach these things. Um, but look at what Quebec fighting for their rights and their culture and their prerogatives have done to, to you know, swing the pendulum in Canadian politics. We're talking about Quebec, which is, frankly, a province that is economically, they're, they're not doing well. They haven't been doing well for quite some time, yet they, because they advocate for their own rights and their freedoms and the, the way that they want to see politics happen, they have an outsized influence on Canadian politics. Um, but that should lead other provinces to say, what happens if we flex our powers kind of like Quebec? And I, I, I'm, I'm here for it. And, uh, and Quebec gets to put their light sideways too. So they're the only province that when you there drive you over the border, when you come out of Ontario, it feels like you're entering into a whole other world. Everything's in French and the street lights are sideways. It's like it's a parallel <laughs> universe. I will yeah. comment quickly before you, before you take this last bit of the weekend review, I will – I want to I want to push back on one thing you said. You said let Ontario be Ontario. I disagree. <laughs> let Ontario be more like Saskatchewan. <laughs> please, oh please, let Ontario be more like Alberta. Well, so those are internal battles Ontario. that you have yeah. to have. In, well, I don't in want your Ontario province. to be like Ontario. I want to excise <laughs> the party formerly known as a Conservative Party from out of Ontario and replace it with. We don't have the wild rose. We have we'll have the wild trillium here. That's our provincial flower. Yeah. Let's have the wild trillium part. Anyway. So that's her to be less like Ontario. So why don't you uh, finish up the weekend review for us? Absolutely. Well, our last story comes as no sh surprise, Andrew. It's our right honorable prime hypocrite doing what he does best. And that is wearing Two defending China, two sets of masks, yes. and pleasing, defending pleasing his Chinese overlords and handlers, and doing whatever he needs to do so that Xi Jinping doesn't smack him around in public anymore. That's what he does. Yes, absolutely. So we covered uh, in detail last week the protests that were arising in China that have still been ongoing, which is. Really surprising. This is historic. This is a, a really important moment in history. Um, and we know that these uh, protests started after a fire happened in a building. Ten people died. But they were primarily in response to this COVID zero policy that China has been been doing. So the, the while they were the occasion that sparked it was the fire, they were essentially because the lockdowns prevented the fire department from actually getting to those people and prevented those people from getting out of the building. So it's actually about COVID policy and COVID mandates. So even our prime minister weighed in on the situation. So we want to play for you right now what our, minister, what our prime minister had to say concerning the protests that were breaking out in China. Uh, obviously, everyone in China uh, should be allowed to express themselves, uh, should be allowed to uh, you know, share their um, their perspectives uh, and uh, indeed protests. We're going to continue wow. uh, to great. ensure uh, mm. that China knows we'll stand up for human rights, we'll stand uh, with people who are expressing themselves. 
I like that guy. Yeah, that's I that's really interesting. That <laughs> yeah, I'm so you know what, Matt? I have to say, I'm so glad that that is the exact same p- position that he took with regards to people that were protesting the exact same ridiculous mandates and restrictions here in Canada. I'm so happy that 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 position he held that position here also when when Canadians were you know as he said were were free to express themselves and yes mm-hmm. even even protest the draconian lockdowns i'm so glad that he's he's so consistent in the way he views his chinese overlords and and the way he he views us here just wow yeah, yeah let's let's show you his consistency on this front everything is on the table because this unlawful activity has to end and it will end. That's different. Safest hmm. way for this to end. Is he talking about? Is for everyone to return to your communities now. Oh. So it's time to go home. It's if you joined the protests because huh. you're tired of COVID, that's the same guy. You now need to understand yeah. that you are breaking laws. I thought they're for, wait. The consequences are becoming oh. more and more severe. Uh oh. He's really you don't cracking end up down. Losing your license. Yeah end up with a criminal record, which will impact your job, your hmm. livelihood. That sounds like a threat. Even your ability to travel internationally, including to wow. the US. It's time to go home now. Oh, wow. So that's what he's saying. He's saying that to the Chinese protesters, right? He's saying it's time to go home. No, right? I, isn't that? Oh, I, honestly, I think that the, you, you, the video said that that was from Canadian protests right. earlier that's this what he, year. That's what he told me. Oh, yeah. Right. So that's so right. He's okay so with when, protests yeah. so long as they're that happening across the world. It makes sense. But yeah. not when they're happening in his backyard. Yeah. And as we touched on, Andrew, we adopted, and pretty much all other nations across the world, with maybe the exception of Sweden, adopted the Chinese model on dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. The differences between us and China might be degrees, but it's not a difference of philosophy. So when Canadians protest these same draconian lockdown policies, that let's be honest, every politician didn't think they could do in the West until they did them. When we protest them, really bad, misogynistic, white Mm -hmm. supremacist, racist, I guess they didn't say anti-Semite because they're okay with anti-Semites. But, um, you know, all the names in the book and let's declare martial law through the invocation of the Emergency Act, that's doing it. But when mm-hmm. when China's protesting these same things, he's in support of it. Well, what's amazing is it's it's does he just hate it Canadians? Is, is, is that is yes. that his thing? Yes, that's true. Is, yes. is, is, is his hatred for Canadians thing. that much? It is the exact same thing, though, Matt, because he so in the protesters in China, they were locked in their homes and told don't leave. And then they began to leave and protest to which he replied, that's good for you. But Canadians were also told to shelter in place. Canadians were also told, stay home and don't leave unless it's an emergency or you need to buy groceries. But even still, you can get them delivered. So don't leave your house 
And then when people did, I, I remember a season, people forget, there was a season here in Ontario when our premier thought that he was going to make police officers pull over vehicles and have the OPP pull over vehicles and ask, where are you going? Is it for work? And then find people. In fact, I remember driving Which to was church. commonplace in Australia. I'll just put yes. that out there. You I remember leave, driving to church. Like, kilometer, like 10 kilometers away from your home or something like that. You couldn't get go away from yeah. that. That's crazy. Anyways. I remember driving to church one Sunday morning, which when it was illegal, by the way. So oopsies, I broke the law. So I remember driving to church when it was illegal to do so. And as we got off the highway to head to our, what was then a secret location to get out of the eyes of the Gestapo, we were pulled over by police officers looking in the van and they looked in the van and what they saw was my family. And then another lady from our church, who's an older lady. And they assumed, oh, we're just a family traveling. So they said, oh, you know, we're just doing checks. And we're like, this seems really suspicious. I mean, they're just doing checks. Who just looks inside a van? Well, we would later find out that other people from our church who had a bunch of young adults in the car, they were pulled over by the officers. And the officer said, where are you guys going? You're obviously, you don't all live in the same household. And so that that happened here. That happened here in Canada, in China. That happened. And when it happens here, he says, no, go home. Don't protest. No, go home. So yes, Matt, you're right. He does. I don't think it's a hatred for Canadians. What I think, and we've talked about this before, is that the elite class, the elite class, the globalists, those in these positions of power who have their WEF handlers telling them what to do, they despise the average, regular, everyday, lower to middle class Canadian. So they have nothing but hatred for us because we don't buy into their satanic worldview. And so we can't have the same sorts of freedoms, but I mean, China, they're, they're do all sorts of deference and kindness and, and justice. So please, yes, yeah, you, you're free to protest, but here you're not because China protesting poses no threat to our elected officials, but us yeah. protesting, it does. Yeah. But so we stand firmly behind uh, freedom fighters of all kinds. <laughs> those in China, obviously, in those in Canada as well, as well as the myriad of other nations who have been seeing the biggest mass protests in their history throughout the last 900 days, whatever we're at. It feels like a lifetime, but... We support those people to exercise those rights and do so without using violence, as has been the case in so many nations along the world. I, I know these tyrants want to make it seem like anybody who's protesting COVID is clearly a nut who wants to overthrow the government. But that has not been the case in most nations that have been protesting these lockdowns, they've been holding their politicians directly to account. And that's something we can be thankful for. And we would like to see more and more. Well, before we get into our first story, we want to tell you that it's brought to you by our friends over at Bull Bitcoin. Apparently, our federal government's response to economic difficulties is to print money until it's worthless, driving up the cost of everything which is essentially stealing from your hard-earned pay. They also want to monitor your spending by way of centralized digital currency, and they want to control you by way of a digital ID. What you need is to take control of your own resources and be responsible for your own money, which is your responsibility. 
Bull Bitcoin wants to help you do just that. Bull Bitcoin is a 100% self-funded, freedom-minded Canadian Bitcoin exchange that wants to protect your financial freedom and help you protect your resources. If you're at all aware of what's going on in our country, you should seriously consider connecting with my friends at Bull Bitcoin today. Sign up at mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC to have all of your questions answered. Again, that's mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. Our first story has to do with the ongoing insanity of the experimental gene therapy injection rules and mandates. So despite what everyone might think, we've not gone back to normal. We haven't gone back to pre-March 2020. And everything just isn't over. It's far from over. And so there are a number of stories we want to highlight within this first broader story about the ongoing madness of the COVID jab. And the first one is this. The BC Supreme Court upholds injection mandates. The city of Quenzel controversially terminated the employment of some unjabbed workers during the COVID-19 pandemic, citing their vaccination status as cause for dismissal. The plaintiffs filed a legal challenge against the city and the province with the BC Supreme Court, seeking aggravated and punitive damages under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. You remember that document that has proved to be utterly useless for anyone whose rights have been infringed in the last two and a half years? Anyways, that's what they did. Their counsel told Justice Nathan Smith that vaccines are neither necessary, safe, nor effective. He obviously watched their episode with Dr. Malone, arguing that Quenzel's mandatory vaccination policy infringed on their bodily integrity, which is true. The plaintiff's counsel counter-argued that the mandate dealt with broader issues of, quote, social or collective good, read Marxism, that this goes beyond the context of their employment. Smith ultimately, surprise, surprise, ruled in favor of the defendants as there are, quote, few aspects of a collective agreement as fundamental as cause for dismissal. The judge also noticed Oh, sorry, the judge also noted that the plaintiffs brought the suit in their capacities as former city workers and did not represent anyone else in a certified class action beyond their employment. So they were fired because of the jab mandate. They said this is unjust. The mandates have quote unquote dropped. The judge said, not only are we not going to grant you restitution, but we're also not going to say that the mandates themselves were illegal or un unjust, which kind of opens the door for them to be imposed again. Like what would stop a company if they want to from imposing them again? Because the Supreme Court's like, no, 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 it's fine. If you're let go, it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. And then they'll go on to say, oh, and by the way, your whole thing is irrelevant because you're no, you're, you're, you're no longer presently city employees. So, uh, so let's just, let's just, just wild. Absolutely yeah. wild. Yeah. And notice, notice how the Supreme Court in BC once again uh, uses this vague concept of the collective good ill-defined to trample on people's basic fundamental constitutional rights and freedoms. They've done this before. They did this with um, uh, an appeal that came before the Supreme Court as it related to 
uh, provincial health care and the privatization of a sector of health care because they they issued the statement that said it was not in the best interest of equity, which is equal outcomes for this privatized sector of the healthcare system to exist, despite the fact that it was really good, really successful, and it helped alleviate some of the pressures on the healthcare system there in BC for the sake of read Marxist equity we could not allow such things to take place in British Columbia. So this, sadly, Andrew, has been par for the course from these activist judges who no longer just interpret the plain text of the law, but they read into all these things, their um, own preferred policy outcomes. These are unjust judges. We have a landfill of unjust corrupted judges did you say a land filled or a land fill because i think both apply (laughs) yes Yes. i don't know what you meant but they're both true (laughs) yeah no absolutely but but we we legitimately have a land full of judges who are corrupted and they're corrupt in the fact that for the sake of equity they're not equally applying the law with equal weights and measures blindly no they're they're applying the law with an outcome in mind and that is sinful partiality and that is at the core of what the bible speaks of of having corrupted judges and that's something that as canadians we really really need to deal with uh, urgently in order if we want to see our civil liberties restored in this land so this this is not just in canada that this madness exists around the world. And if you recall, we covered a story not that long ago about a woman who was being denied life-saving organ tra- a life-saving saving organ transplant because she herself refused to take the experimental injection, and which is kind of mm-hmm. silly. Give her give her the organ. It's not like she's spreading her her lies to anyone else. Well, this this next sub story within the broader madness of the ongoing jab injections is mm-hmm. is especially evil and egregious mm-hmm. and 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 vile this is a baby this is a 4 month old baby is being denied heart surgery unless his parents allow him to receive a blood transfusion from someone who's received the jab and so the parents position is we don't want blood that's come from someone who's received the injection to be given to our child and the hospital's like well then you your baby can't get the heart which is crazy but this this is the story so this comes from bright light news who is one of the few outlets that dares to touch the injection madness in canada i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a big up to bright light news because even though we have freedom-minded news organizations in canada the only one that go hard after not just the, the the jab mandates, but the danger of them and that they're poison and that they're killing people is bright light. No one else is touching it except for us in bright light. So from them and also from The Guardian uh, in the UK, here's the story. New Zealand's medical authorities are denying baby Will life-saving open-heart surgery if he does not take a vaccinated blood transfusion. Another baby, Alexander, was in the same position after the vaccinated blood transfusion was agreed to, 
Alexander died shortly after the surgery due to a blood clot. So this is why his parents, Will's parents, are totally justified in saying, we don't want this particular blood in the transfusion. Will's parents say their baby has severe pulmonary valve stenosis and that he needs surgery almost immediately, but that they are, quote, extremely concerned with the blood the doctors are going to use. This is what the father said. We don't want that blood that is tainted by vaccination. That's the end of the deal. We are fine with anything else these doctors want to do. Now, this, I mean, this is, this is awful. And it's fully within their rights to say no. And everything that we are learning, everything that has come out about what this jab does to the blood, whether it's blood clots, whether it's the spike protein traveling everywhere, what we, we, we know that it, it passes the blood-brain barrier. We know all of this. So the parents are justified in saying, we don't want this. So this is, this is evil. But what makes the story, uh, takes it to another level of pure evil is this. New Zealand's health service has made a court application over the guardianship of a four-month-old baby. So what that means is that the parents are saying, we don't want this type of blood put into our child by way of transfusion. And the hospital, those gargoyles are saying, well, then we can't give him the heart transplant. And the, the parents are saying, well, he needs a heart transplant, but we're not going to say yes to the blood. And so the medical board is trying to get guardianship over the child away from the parents so that they can just give the child whatever blood they want against their parents' wishes so that they can give the child the heart transplant. The whole thing is absolutely disgusting. That is and, and unbelievable. This, behold I, like, the, the vile, decrepit horror mm -hmm. of a socialized healthcare system. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is what you get. Yeah, these are the death panels. Like these are the the crazy things that we've been covering. It happens in our nation. We've seen it, as you made mention, with the story of the lady who's been been denied a transplant. This is insane. Uh, and it, there is an underlying thing, especially as it approaches the guardianship of the child. I actually think, for a vast majority of people in our nations. They now believe that every single person that lives in our countries in the in in the West, broadly speaking, are wards of the state. That's right. why Absolutely. everything 100%. from public healthcare or from public healthcare systems, public education to the welfare state, they've now the the this this slow drip of socialism has now so conscientized given people such a Marxist conscience that they can't live and think outside of that context, that they and are so brainwashed into it that that this seems appropriate that, well, yeah, why wouldn't you take the kids, uh, a kid away from their parents if they're not doing what these doctors who don't know this kid and don't love this kid say are in the best interest of the kid, you know? Yeah. If, if I can just interject just for yeah. a second, it's, it's, it's not just that people believe that everyone is in fact, and should be a ward of the state. It's mm -hmm. worse than that. It's, they believe 
that the state will do a better job of caring for teaching, training and providing for the children, mm -hmm. that it's the state's responsibility. And what's even worse is they believe that the state loves these children just as much, if not more than their own parents. Mm -hmm. It's absolute nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's the heartbreaking part of the story. This this child's life hangs in the balance. And what the the government in cahoots with the medical professionals there in New Zealand are, instead of worrying about giving the treatment that they desire to save this kid's life, they're taking the parents to court to insist that the child gets a procedure that their parents, as the legal guardians, are saying, no, we're not going to do this procedure. So there goes informed consent. There goes legal guardianship by the parents. There goes proper health care. It's all out the window in the name of pushing vaccinations and vaccine blood, I guess, in this case, on, on people. It is truly despicable. I doubt that they don't have a single... Uh, uh, amount of blood in the entire nation, which is a small nation, to give to this kid that hasn't been tainted with vaccination. Well, I, I doubt that's the that, case. We need to we should probably, you know, thinking about this, we might have to do a little bit of research because the, the, <laughs> what the I mean, vaccine numbers are. Well, yeah. So number one, the first thing I would say is what's the percentage of the population that's taken the jab? But here's something else that we might mm -hmm. want to look at. I'm not I, I can't speculate. I can yeah. only speculate. But I wonder if health clinics and and blood donor clinics mm. are actually turning you away if you if, don't have the jab if you don't have it because in their mind and so i don't know but my guess would be right if 80 percent, mm -hmm. and i mean new zealand and australia were, were awful but yeah. let's just go with canada's numbers if 85 to 90 percent of the population mm. are jabbed that means that nine out of every 10 potential donors are jabbed which means only mm -hmm. one-tenth of the donor blood supply, and this is if it's consistent, only one-tenth of the donor blood supply comes from people who haven't taken the injection. So you only have 10% of it. But number two, I wouldn't be surprised if people who have refused to take the jab themselves haven't willingly volunteered them themselves to, to donate blood, mm -hmm. or they might be getting turned away. And so the reality is trying to find unjabbed blood in yeah, New Zealand be almost would impossible. be almost impossible. Yeah. No, that, that's th that, that's a good know. point. That's a good point. Something but that's still fine. That's still despicable. Oh, that, yeah. That, that, especially, that they'd be okay with that. Especially, you know, the, the fact that the same procedure happened to a child just, you know, in recent proximity to this case, and it led to the child's death based on blood clotting, which is a serious issue with these vaccines. Uh, because they are giving you this, they're recreating the spike protein in your body through this mRNA uh, technology, which is cytotoxic, which does lead to uh, blood clotting. And um, I mean, and the child it, clearly has a heart complication. Yeah. So, so, he, so there's this, all this sorts of awful. Yeah. So it's all sorts of risks. Um, this highlights the problem of this wildly insane and risky idea of mass vaccinating the general population with an experimental gene therapy that there is no long term safety data for that had never been approved in its use 
prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. And there's all there's going to be all sorts of downstream effects of it's not just immediate adverse uh, effects on people who are taking these jabs, but situations where, oh, you have tainted blood and that's the only supply of blood you have for now blood transfusions. So what's now thanks to modern medical technology become a common routine practice that saves tons of people's lives is now a dangerous, high-risk process. And that's something that we have to consider. Um, yet, Andrew, our next interview is going to highlight the fact that despite all these risks, despite all this insanity, our country and countries around the world and the leaders thereof are still pushing this experimental gene therapy on. Even if you are an employee who's working from home online, which is what you're going to hear in this interview. If you're an employee working from home online, you're not <laughs> coming in contact you, with you anyone. Are you, essentially yes. <laughs> you, you are essentially quarantined. You are essentially quarantined. Yeah. No, for not absolutely. taking the jab. Now, before, before we get into that interview, which I really enjoyed the interview with Heidi, I'm glad she reached out to us at the Liberty Coalition Canada and, and told her story. And so we're, we're going to be happy to bring that to you. I'll, and I'll we love to we, we love yes. to highlight the stories of just ordinary Canadian yes. citizens. Yeah, uh, it was because, great when Rod Moffat reached out to yeah. us and yeah. about his daughters. We we want to know this stuff. We want to platform it. Yeah. We need to know what's happening in the world. Absolutely. So um, if you have stories, reach out to us. Info at libertycoalitioncanada.com. We want to hear from you and how these sorts of things have affected your life. I really appreciate uh, that, Andrew. Go. Yeah. So just before we get into that, I'll say that some of you who are parents with young children, especially might be hearing that story and are deeply concerned as I am. And they're looking at a New Zealand medical board saying that these parents are unfit to make wise decisions for the well-being of their child because they refuse to allow this child to receive a blood transfusion with jab blood. Therefore, we will step in and we will be the child's parents. We will take the child. You might find yourself thinking, well, we didn't get a jab, and even if we did, I'm certainly not going to give it to my children because they're young and growing and it's no concern for them. You might be thinking, could there be a world where the government and the health bureaucracies would say of me, because you refuse to give your child a jab, you're an unfit parent, that you're creating an unsafe, unhealthy environment that's risky for them. Now, therefore, we need to have CSA remove the parents and or sorry, we'd have CAS remove the parents and actually take guardianship over them. And the truth is that may indeed be a future scenario. So thinking about that, you might ask yourself the question, well, then why bother? Why not just give them the jab? And is it worth it? And I want to say to you, yes, it's worth it. You love your children more than the government. You know what's best for your children more than public health. And you need to do what is ultimately best for the health and well-being of your children. And it might come at a cost. It might be risky. It might mean that you're cut off from some of the comforts and ease that comes in our world. But I'm telling you, it is worth it to stick to your convictions. It is worth it to not betray your conscience and do what is right for your child and surround yourselves with like-minded people that you can protect and care for and provide for one another, but do not just bend to the will of medical tyrants 
And certainly, certainly, please do not put that poison in your children. You cannot. Because even if you get to keep your kid, congratulations, you keep your kid and we put the poison in them. How long do you get to keep your kid before a blood clot or their heart explodes? No, no, no. Do what's best for your child. And I know it's dangerous. I know it's scary. I know it's risky. But I'm telling you, not betraying your conscience and actually doing what's best for your child is worth it. So kudos to these parents in New Zealand because they are doing what's best for their child. And they want to see their child live to be more than five months old. And so that's why they're doing what they're doing. And we used to live in a world that would respect right. <laughs> these decisions made well informed. That's part of informed consent is you have the right to say no. I, I work for for um, in, in a care home facility for people with mental and physical disabilities. And part of what we're taught all the time is part of having agency even if you have mental or physical disabilities, is the ability to say no. And we have to honor and respect that ability in them, even if we think we can make a better decision, as long as we're presenting them with the facts, ultimately the decision is there. So that is something, if you're talking about somebody with mental or physical disabilities, we still allow them that agency. And that amount of self-governance. But now, in the sake of this vague idea of the collective good, we're denying that agency to parents who desperately want to save their little boy. It is truly despicable. Yet, this sort of stuff's happening time and time again. And... Um, this brings us into our interview that you were able to have with Heidi Nelson, former Purelator employee. She is one of many people who we've had the pleasure of speaking with who has, by standing on principle, by advocating for themselves, has unfortunately lost their jobs because of these tyrannical, idiotic, unscientific mandates. But we want to play that interview for our listeners now. We are pleased to have with us on the dispatch Heidi Nelson. Heidi, I'm I'm just going to jump right in. Tell sure. us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about what you do, and tell us why it is that you reached out to us at the Liberty Coalition Canada. Well, um, I am a resident of New Brunswick, um, Sussex at the at the moment, and uh, my husband and I and our daughter moved here from Halifax um, last year because of, um, basically because of what had gone on the previous two years. We both grew up here in New Brunswick and our families were here and we hadn't seen them in quite some time. Um, and our parents are getting older and so we wanted to be closer to home. Um, I got a job with Pure later, um, and had to also had to also be within an hour from Moncton. It was a work from home job, and so they actually uh, waited for me to move back to New Brunswick, and I started work with them in September of last year. And that, I mean, primarily, you know, I needed a job to be able to come back to New Brunswick. My husband had looked for a job here back in New Brunswick for the last couple of years. So 
um, when they said, well, you have to be within an hour from Moncton, I said, well, we could maybe do that. <laughs> and if you could wait, you know, it's not going to happen overnight or anything. So um, they said, let me know when you're ready um, to start. We'll keep, an, keep a spot open for you. And um, so we so we came back to New Brunswick, um, closer to my parents and my husband's parents, and uh, uh, settled in Sussex, which is only about 40 minutes from Moncton. So, um, and previous to that, I, I've been in retail for years. I was in essential retail as a front store manager of a pharmacy during the height of COVID, and. Um, really just needed to do something else once the vaccine mandate or the vaccine started coming in I, I just couldn't be there anymore um, and so we came back I started work everything was good my reviews were all good um, you know yeah with pure later you have to be there for six months before like your um, probationary period is kind of like six months as opposed to three um, and so I was there from September 13th, I believe, and I was, um, put on unpaid, unasked for <laughs> leave of absence on January 10th, which they could have just said, you know what, this isn't working out and let me go, but they didn't do that. Um, and I had just previous to that had my three month review, which was great. And I was told you could go anywhere you want in this company and you know, do anything, you know, you could choose your job and you could have it because your results are good. They have like specific targets to reach and things like that. And so anyways, but January 10th, I was, I, I told them I was going to sign in anyways. And I did, I still had access and I just didn't get any phone calls and I was working from home. Um, but I didn't get any phone calls. I sat there till three o'clock in the afternoon and then I called in and said, is there something wrong with my phone? I'm not getting any phone calls. Mm -hmm. And nobody really knew what was going on. Nobody knew why I wasn't. Nobody, like nobody in the help desk knew why. And then they, they pulled me off, like re removed my access. Like they, it just got cut off at about three in the afternoon. And two days later, my um, manager called and said, you haven't signed in in a couple days. Is there anything, like, what's going on? Like, you haven't called in sick. You haven't, I said, don't you know, like, I've been put off. <laughs> he had no idea. So yeah. I've been off since then, but I, I, you know, I've been doing things here and there in, in uh, Sussex and I've, um, you know, kept busy and and we do there's like 215 of us that have a have a lawsuit um against purolator and so we're all part of this social network that you know there's some unionized employees there's people all across canada some non-unionized people that have been there for way longer than i have and you know close to retirement and you know they but there is a lawsuit, although this particular reason that I reached out to you, um, they said, get this out on social media, get this out as, as in any way that you can. And I've always, I've listened to you guys since you've been on, um, and enjoy the news <laughs> reporting that you do and whatnot. So I thought this would be a good, uh, uh, way to reach out and get some word out there that, 
you know, purulators still standing by their mandates. And we had just gotten a letter. Um, we've had a couple different ones, but this particular one dated uh, November 7th basically said that we had to attest to our vaccination status um, or we would be terminated. And, you know, all the language that was in it, you know, we've approved this leave for you and whatever. Um, I mean, I could read the whole letter to you, but it, the language was all, we approved this and you're still not complying with the policy and the policy to keep the safer workplaces and whatever. I mean, I worked from home. I didn't see anybody. Come on now. Anyways. Yeah. It's like the university students that weren't allowed to attend mm. online. Yeah. They had, they had to, they had to show proof of vaccination and the part of, part of the, the justification mm -hmm. was when you come back, mm -hmm. right? So that's what they told mm -hmm. university students that right now in class learning is suspended, mm -hmm. but we need to make sure that if you join, if you begin the online learning, mm -hmm. You need to provide proof of vaccination so that when we transition to in-class, mm -hmm. we can ensure everyone's safe. So, but, but the whole thing's nonsense. Yeah. So to your, so then that, that was one of the questions I was going to ask. So this is a nationwide from Purelater head office yes. decision. Yes. And Purelater doesn't find itself in one of these groups where it's connected to the federal government. Mm -hmm. So it has to abide by federal mandates. And to the best of my knowledge there weren't any restrictions or mandates even in terms of on provincial levels for something like this this was up to the individual businesses and employers to make this decision so they have decided on their own to make this decision mm -hmm. and then they put a number of you on unpaid leave for over a mm -hmm. year and whether it's because they hope that that'll give you enough time to smarten up and do as you're told <laughs> Or as a way to cover their own butts, because if they actually fire you, there's potential mm -hmm. for a wrongful dismissal. Right. But if they give you, if they put you in unpaid leave, that's you're in limbo. Exactly, and you couldn't so get. So you said as if. So right, that's yeah. right. And I, there were only, I mean, to, to my knowledge as well, there were only five or so, maybe seven Canadians total that fought to have EI paid out to mm -hmm. them. In light of being let go because of the jab mandates, mm -hmm. which is a which is an incredibly low Very. number, I think um, I think the the government receives somewhere of three four hundred actual cases that they mm -hmm. heard, and only approved five right. of them. So it's it's still outlandish. Yeah. So on November seventh, you receive notification <laughs> that you will be terminated or the termination is pending. Right, and if we didn't attest or or respond, so. Um, I and what was the date they gave you until uh, November sixteenth? November sixteenth, right. which is which is passed, and I haven't heard anything. And I don't think like we're pretty well connected in the social media group with the other Purelater employees, and I don't think anybody else has really heard um, anything either. But I sent you know I sent an email back to Daryl Hayashi, who is the one that signed the letter and told him I was ready, willing, and able to work since January 10th, and still am. And I even sent him and my HR people um, sort of a modified Action for Canada, not a notice of liability, but just an, um, like 14 questions, I think it was. Like, if you can answer these mm -hmm. questions, I'm not saying no. I'm just saying these questions have not been satisfactorily answered 
um, for me, and I've gotten no response. So in my response to him on November 14th or whatever date I, I sent it, um, I said that, you know, I still haven't received response to the questions that I have, um, I've asked, um, back in December. <laughs> so, and then an automatic email came and said that he was out of the office until November 17th. So convenient. <laughs> Anyways. And it's, it's, we find ourselves, I mean, at, at the time of, of us recording this, this is the, the final day of the public inquiry mm. into the invoking of the War Measures mm -hmm. Act, and our, our Prime Minister was testifying today and yeah. talking about the necessity of the invoking of the Act, and, and one of the particular lawyers or one of the people questioning him brought up the nature of COVID-19 and how the virus warranted the jab mandates and it was the defiance of these mandates by the truckers and other people that then warranted the invoking mm -hmm. of the War Measures Act. Mm -hmm. But we know now it's 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 undoubtedly clear that the injections don't stop infection, they don't stop transmission, they don't stop severe symptoms, uh, they don't even stop death. We know that provinces stopped tracking hospitalization and ICU by vaccination status back in June and July because it was not a good look for mm -hmm. them. We know this is the case. We know now more and more about the incredible adverse effects coming out of the vaccine, mm -hmm. whether it's a uh, Mike Thiessen did an interview with Deanna McLeod where they talked about the incredibly high mm -hmm. rate of myocarditis. Mm -hmm and seeing things about blood clots as well. And so we know all this, mm -hmm. and yet you will have employers that will persist with yeah. not only a lawless mandate, right. but a thoroughly unscientific mm -hmm. mandate, and real Canadians who are people of conviction, who have integrity, who aren't just going to bow because it's easier, mm -hmm. are suffering for right. it. And this is, I bring this up because when I think about the inquiry, that's what we saw. We saw Canadians who said it would be easier if I just did what they told me to do, but my conscience and my conviction doesn't allow me to do that. That would be compromising on my own integrity. Yeah. And then these are the people who are paying That's for right. it. And you're one of the people who are mm -hmm. paying for it. And these other 200 and so employees mm -hmm. are also paying for right. it. And it's, it's an awful circumstance that this is the country in which we live, that you would have tyranny. You yeah. totalitarian rule from the top down and regular Canadians who have brains to decide what they do and don't want to do with their own bodies with regards to receiving medical injections have to pay a, a tremendous price for it. So, mm. I mean, th thank you for sticking to your convictions and thank you for, like a number of the Canadians, you've paid varying costs saying, no, 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 I, I won't. I won't just do what they tell mm -hmm. me to do and my conscience matters mm -hmm. and I won't compromise on my integrity. That's that's becoming exceedingly rare in our world and in our country. Um, yeah. Heidi, what's what's next for you? So, there, I mean, there's a lawsuit pending. Obviously, yes. we have to be careful the details yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, what's next for you, for people you're connected with, whether it's other employees or like-minded Canadians, what what happens now? What do what are you going to be doing now while this is still kind of looming overhead? Because it, I mean, it doesn't seem like 
they're going to be dropping this anytime soon. It doesn't. I, so what, what do you do now? So I, um, I am working with a seed company, a local seed company, and just, you know, local, a couple own the seed company, and um, I've been working with them um, through the summer and doing, you know, working in the field and working, sending out seeds and so I have enjoyed that because they are like-minded and you know the conversations are good and um loved actually being out in the in uh, working outside again um and so I've been doing that I, I've been doing some volunteering with my daughter's school and you know I'm <laughs> I'm doing just doing some things. I'm I'm really thankful that we're we're in New Brunswick and we're um, close to our parents and and so I wouldn't I wouldn't go back and change that. I'm glad we're here. Um, it has it has been frustrating and it still is frustrating um, um, seeing what what companies are doing and what um, this company in particular is doing and and nobody really like. MSM could care less and you know nobody nobody reports about that but there are real people who have lost real jobs and and it would have you're right it would have been so much easier to just do what I was told and I don't know I'm I, you know it but I just couldn't it I I couldn't even work in that environment anymore because it just was so um it, it just so inside I was just fighting and like honestly I prayed to God that he would show me that I was wrong so that it you know but every time I prayed that I I just got more confirmation that what I was how I was feeling about this was actually the way it is so you know it's well I'm not I'm not God <laughs> and I'm not I'm not a prophet but I love the Lord mm -hmm. and I seek to honor Christ and I shepherd a group of mm -hmm. people here in the city where I live and our ministry here, our work here at LCC desires to bring a Christian worldview. And so I can tell you not being God and not being a prophet that you are right, that you yeah. are right. And you did make the right decision and that you cannot act in a way that is in discordance with your conscience right. you that that the, the forgotten importance of the conscience mm -hmm. especially when your conscience is informed mm -hmm. by the fact that there's a lot of suspect danger around the injection mm -hmm. that the mandates and the rules themselves are lawless and they are godless yeah. and so your conscience isn't isn't bound by some crazy out in the middle of the sky loony theory that's ungrounded mm -hmm. your conscience is grounded indeed in truth and reality yep. and so it is right what you're doing is right and you're paying a cost for mm -hmm. it but it's it's worth it it, is, it doesn't always yeah. seem worth it in the in the midst um but it is, it is worth the cost yeah. to keep your conviction and operate out of integrity um, it definitely is you know Heidi, please keep me keep me posted mm -hmm. you know email me as mm -hmm. things develop sure. whether it's trial stuff the dropping of mandates mm -hmm. as things continue to yeah. unfold let me know yeah. um you know reach out again 
with however we can help. Mm-hmm. If you know, for example, if there are groups of some of these employees that are gathering for rallies, protests, mm-hmm. events in various parts yeah. of the country, let me know, mm-hmm. especially if it's in Ontario. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 that's kind of where I'm at yeah. and, and can be connected with that. So please keep us posted. Uh, thank you so much yeah. for, for, for joining us on the dispatch. I'll kind of let you have the last word to carry off uh, our time together. I just really appreciate that you guys are doing what you're doing and, and you know, it is, it is challenging to be the lone voice or, you know, we found some, some like-minded people that we are loving being with here, but it is difficult. And, um, like I honestly, I just have to stay close to God and in his word and, and know that, know that I'm doing what I need to do. And if there's more that I need to do, I would do that too. So I, I'm thankful that we're here. I'm thankful that, um, for you guys and for, for kind of hopefully exposing this a little bit more, we have a lawsuit. This is not part of that lawsuit, but there is one that's ongoing and I'll definitely keep you informed of, of, things that are going on they did do one protest um which rebel news i think covered in uh, montreal a week or so ago in a snowstorm but that was at a pure later um a pure later uh outlet as well so mm-hmm. i would de- definitely let you know if there's more as well so yeah yeah i appreciate that heidi again thank you so much for joining me on the dispatch today thank you It was good to meet Heidi, and I've stayed in contact with her since she sent me that email and we interviewed her. And so I'm looking forward to hearing more updates from her, and hopefully I'm able to connect her with a good church and some good people where she is. So I was uh, was happy to do that. Uh, Before we get into our second story, we need to tell you that our second story is brought to you by our friends over at Red Balloon. You might think that woke politics and medical tyranny have destroyed the Canadian workplace, but did you know that some companies are standing up and saying no? In just one year, over 2,000 companies have pledged to honor free speech and medical privacy at redballoon.work, and Red Balloon is here in Canada. Business owners, if you want to find top-tier values-aligned talent, or want access to one-of-a-kind courses and guides that will help you build an uncancelable pro-freedom workplace, sign up today at redballoon.work LCC. Job seekers, if you're tired of skin-deep promotions and vaccine checkpoints, and you want to find a courageous company that shares and protects your values, new jobs are waiting for you at redballoon.work LCC. Again, that's redballoon.work slash LCC. This second story that Matt and I want to talk about today has to do with the fact that MAID, Medical Assistance in Dying, or again, here at the Liberty Dispatch, we want to cut through the euphemism. Cut through that. Cut through the euphemism. This is doctor-assisted murder and doctor-assisted suicide. Even though it's set to expand in March, this thing is off the rails. I mean, this is this is absolute bananas, the yeah. sort of stuff that's going on in our country. And the first bit of this story has to do with Quebec fashion and home decor retailer 
Simmons. Okay, so I, I've never heard of it. And home decor. I, I I don't know if this is out west where we are. Is this in Ontario? I I'm not totally familiar with okay. them here. It, now they're, we're not they're very, very fashionable guys, right? I they guess, might so. they might be a little too chic and haute couture for me, yeah, yeah, right? Like yeah. I'm I'm wearing. I'm just going to show the camera here. I'm wearing my come and take it pulpit shirt from the church at war conference, mm-hmm. right? So Looks that's, good. That's my that's idea. A good, good looking shirt, and yeah, I got that's my <laughs> idea of high fashion. Yeah, and I just have a dad sweater on. I'm just wearing that's some it, sort of dad sweater. But you're a dad, so yeah. it fits. A both big fat dad. <laughs> yeah, sweater fits both literally and symbolically. Yes, absolutely. Because you're you're a dad. So okay, anyways, enough this, of this. Go into the story. This retailer. No, this is good. Our audience loves this. This this retailer, which is concerned with what you wear and how your house looks. That's their job. Is facing tremendous backlash since it removed a an advertisement. So it put this ad that promotes doctor assisted murder and it it got all this crazy backlash and so it pulled the ad down and even still people are like oh so now you're trying to hide that you promoted it so simmons posted the ad on their youtube channel and what this ad does is it depicts a british columbia woman named jennifer hatch who killed herself this past october okay so her doctor helped her kill herself and her doctor is complicit in her murder that's what happened this last October. Mm-hmm. Let's just call it for what it is. Now, in this video, which we're going to show you shortly, with very emotional music and Jennifer herself is narrating over the over the ad, really what she's talking about is the wonder of suicide and how she was able to plan out her final days and engage in all the activities she wanted to before she ended her own life in a doctor-assisted murder ceremony. So let's let's show you the video and don't get don't be mesmerized by the pictures and the sounds and the colors. Be shocked and disgusted with the fact that this company is celebrating suicide. Let's watch this. Last breaths are sacred. When I imagine my final days, I see bubbles. I see the ocean. I see music. Even now, as I seek help to end my life, there is still so much beauty. You just have to be brave enough to see it. There you go. Don't you feel inspired to buy a couch or or a dress, Andrew? Yeah, and then and then and then and then kill myself on it. Like, is that the whole point? <laughs> Of this ad, it's there saying, when you kill yourself, we want to make sure that you're wearing our clothes and Man, we you, want to make sure that you're lying on our furniture. Like, is that what they're going for here? You you have to be so, so confident that everybody knows what Simmons does to put out a commercial like this. So, so confident in your own brand that you're going to put out a commercial that literally doesn't reference what you do as a company but just shows a story um and it's oh, not then, as though you can see the clothing very well it's just There's like all this virtue signaling companies I do know. that all the time like perfume companies or whatever or jewelry companies they don't even talk about their thing it's yeah. just and i'm struck andrew by 
this slogan here that we can see on the screen right now, all is beauty. And as Christians who we believe in the biblical antithesis, we, we are antithetical thinkers in the sense that we believe there's good and evil. There's the kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness, um, that you're either for Christ or you're against Christ. We're, we're not dialecticians who are trying to synthesize the thesis and the antithesis. No, we're antithetical thinkers. This phrase is total insanity. All is beauty is absolutely a religious phrase that is basically rooted and grounded in almost like Eastern mysticism, that everything's a part of this one reality that we absorb into and uh, you, you, the yin and the yang, that evil and good are somehow equal and opposite forces. Biblically speaking, that's absolute nonsense. No, light overcomes darkness. Light dispels darkness. The kingdom of darkness will be put under the feet of the day star, the Lord Jesus Christ. There is evil in the world. And though it might be cloaked in beauty like this commercial tries to show it out to be, what we're seeing here is, as Andrew said, this is evil as it evil gets. This is we shouldn't make friends with death. Death is the enemy. The, the fact that we live in a culture who wants to hold hands with death is insane. Death is the enemy. That it, The reason that death exists is because sin entered the world. We live in an abnormal world because it's fallen into sin. So all is not beauty. This is... This is blasphemy. This is heresy. This is a denial of the ba basic biblical principles. And this is the type of nonsense that our culture wants to put out. But notice, they don't believe this. They believe it when it's promoting uh, sodomy, when it's promoting all the terrible, no good, very bad behaviors that they want to see inculcated in society. But when you get in your truck and you go to Ottawa, the seat of that's power, not beauty. That's, that's, that's terror. not beauty. That's yeah. terror. Bouncy terror. castles, French toast. That's terrorism. Homeschooling your kids. That's awful. That's it's ugly. A Canadian that's flag. Yeah. That's colonialism. That's it's oppression. Violent. That's it's violence. Violent. Yeah. So, so it, bogus. You don't believe that Simmons. And if you did, you, you, I guarantee you don't act like that because nobody can possibly act like that. And that's, that's why this sort of banal statement is so evil because it's just forwarding this religious dogmatic untruth and it's, it needs to be fought back on. And I suppose if you don't have a worldview that thinks consequentially and antithetically like Christianity does give you, how how can you distinguish right from wrong? You can't. It's impossible. So maybe they look at this commercial and say, oh, this doctor is going to kill this woman. That's beautiful. And mm -hmm. I just for any detractors who, you know, how can you criticize the way that this lady tried to die? Or are you kind of politicizing this event or trivializing it? No, we're not. We're commenting on what Simmons has done as an organization. They trivialized this procedure by making this woman and her story a part of her commercial when their job is to sell clothes and 
home decor. They trivialized this procedure and they did it for political reasons. So they're the ones who entered in the conversation. And if we're pouncing on it, it's because we're saying this is wickedness in the highest order. And this just follows on, Andrew, Balenciaga and what they were putting out with their kitty porn uh, fiasco. It shows that the people who are in the halls of power, um, people who are have great prestige in our culture, they are full of wickedness and mm -hmm. and they're promoting ideologies that are totally anti-christ and frankly anti-human because human beings are created the image of god so it's really disgusting but it's apparently par for the course now it's it's also upside down worldy in that mm -hmm. they would claim that real dignity is allowing someone to pick the time that they want to kill themselves and have the doctor murder them, that that's dignity. That's not dignity that you, you, you have redefined a word, right? That's not beauty. That's not dignity. Mm. So, so they're, what they're but, doing but, is but they're picking, taking things and flipping them upside down yeah. and giving them new meaning to trick us mm -hmm. so that we're like, oh, well, I guess that's that seems yeah. to be a dignified way yeah. to die, but it's Absolutely. not a dignified way to die. No. And notice, notice, it's not dignified to pick your own medical procedures and what you want to put in your own body or as as your as parents of kids to make legal decisions on behalf of your your kids to save their lives. That's not dignified. That's dangerous. That's going to get your right. kids taken away. But here's from what's you. consistent though. In both instances, what they want is they want you to poison yourself, right? So whether it's doctor assisted <laughs> and that's murder, the anti -human or whether it's cult that we're or whether with. it's the jab, they're mm -hmm. okay with procedures that end up in and end in your death. And so when, when we say things like death cult, when we, when we use religious language, I want you to note, if you weren't paying attention, watch that ad again. It was full of religious language. What's the first thing she said? It's sacred. Choosing a, how you die is sacred. Sorry, how you spend your last days is sacred. So she said sacred. She talked about beauty. She talked about dignity. These are religious words. This is religious spiritual terminology. And so when, when we say we're dealing with a competing religion, we are not exaggerating. And when we say that this competing religion is a death cult, we're also not exaggerating because what we have here, right in, in the, you know, you have counter, for example, the Roman Catholic, Roman Catholic view of the sacrament of last rites. Now we're not here to debate the, 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 the rightness or wrongness or the, the, the truth or whatever. But what we're saying is here you have one view that at the end of your life, as you are passing on, that you will have someone who will pray for you and pray with you in the hopes that your passage might be favorable. But here you say, no, 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 no. As your life draws to an end, what we're going to do is we're just going to take it for you ahead of time. We'll murder you. It will be an intentional taking of life. It's the exact opposite. And we see this everywhere with this death cult. It is a new religion. It is another religion. And for example, one of the blood sacrifices of this religion is the slaughter of babies in the womb. Because the God, one of, one of the things that's to be worshipped is consequence and responsibility free sexual pleasure. Well, in order to appease that God and continue to receive from the altar of that God, 
what you must do is you must make a sacrifice. It must be a blood sacrifice of babies. It is a death cult. It is, it, it is not that you don't be fooled by what you see in that ad or what you see coming from the health bureaucracies or our elected officials. They don't care about human dignity. They don't care about human value. They don't care about life. They care about the opposite of these things. Understand that that's what's going on, that to reject a biblical worldview is to commit oneself to that which does not bring life, but that which brings death and destruction. Now, that's not to say that only Christians promote this, because the truth is you can be a non-Christian and you can have a biblical worldview that you've inherited. Now you're stealing capital from a biblical worldview because ultimately your worldview can't substantiate dignity and value and worth. But you might be, you could be a non-Christian and you can appropriate a Christian worldview, which supports life and dignity and truth. So it's not the oh, Christians only and non That's not the line. The line is not the people. The line is the worldview. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that only a biblical worldview can account for that which is truly beautiful, which is true, good, and beautiful, mm -hmm. and has the only consistent way to define human dignity and value and worth, and ultimately is the only worldview that supports and promotes life and life more abundantly. And mm -hmm. to reject that worldview is to commit yourself to a worldview that is about death, destruction, where human beings are only seen as more evolved versions of carbon and goo, that they're just more advanced versions of fish and frogs. And that worldview leads to death and destruction and chaos. You mm -hmm. must pick. You must Absolutely. pick which worldview you will have. This worldview that glamorizes murder and suicide, mm -hmm. that is undignified, or the worldview that says from the moment of conception to the moment of natural death, the life of the human is in the in the hands of its of, of his or her creator who will give it and take it as he pleases and ours is to trust him and pursue that which is good and beneficial for humans while they have breath on this earth yeah yeah absolutely man it, well, well said and we know from scripture that those who hate christ love death and that's the reality. That's, again, that antithetical thinking. Those who reject the God of life and all providence are the ones who are essentially giving themselves over the death cult. And you said this has gone off the rails. There's, there's absolutely no doubt about it. And this story that's attached to what we want to talk about and the Simmons story and advertisement is... Another story, like we've already talked about, where we had a veteran who was uh, just calling for help and support, and the government of Canada offered to kill him. Now we have a Canadian Paralympian who had been offered made, and this story is just totally insane. But nevertheless, we live in a clown world, and here we are. A disabled and retired Canadian Army Corporal and a former Paralympian, Christian Gaultier, testified on Thursday before Parliament that a caseworker from Veteran Affairs Canada, the VAC, suggested she consider medically assisted suicide. What's going on at the VAC? Unbelievable. Otherwise known as death. 
<laughs> medical assisted suicide, death via doctor state functioned. Instead of, get this, waiting for a wheelchair lift to be installed in her home. Are you having trouble, ma'am, getting to the second floor of your house? <laughs> Why don't we kill you? That's insanity. That's absolute insanity. Nevertheless, this is what Goche said. She could not believe that the VAC would give me an injection to help me die, but you will not give me the tools I need to help me live. Goche's condition was the result of a training accident while she was in the army in 1989. The incident damaged her spine and her knees. She she's competed as a canoeist, power lifter, and indoor rower in both Prince Harry's 2016 Invictus Games and the 2016 Paralympic Games. Good on you. Goche requested a chairlift from the VAC in 2017. Not having one has isolated me greatly, she said, because I have to crawl down my butt with the wheelchair in front of me to be able to access my house. She kept up the request to the VAC until in 2019, Goche said her caseworker told her, Madame, if you're really so desperate, we can give you medical assistance in dying now. That is, according to the Daily Mail, Canada's Veterans Affairs Minister confirmed that at least four other Canadian vets were offered made as a solution when all they were seeking were better ways of living with their disabilities and their illnesses. We're off the rails, guys. Literally, we're off <laughs> the chairlift. We are literally off the chairlift rails at yes. this point. But but that's the thing that we've talked about. There there actually is no rails. There's no slope. There's just the bottomless, empty pit into Hades, and that's that's where this death cult philosophy takes us. And it's just it's so shameful. We we know of now four individuals, according to them, according to the Minister of Veterans Affairs, that were offered death rather than just a normal tool to help aid them in living. It's totally insane. And this is why I, I did some work with uh, Spinal Cord Innery Manitoba way back when um, for a video project. And one of their advocates was very staunchly against MAID. She wasn't a Christian lady, but she was a doctor who had a spinal cord injury when she was young. Has totally beat all the odds. She's been very success successful because of this. This is these are the exact same things she warned about hypothetically that we are now seeing come to fruition. And this is the fact of the matter is when you devalue life, when you hate Christ, you love death. And these cowards aren't going at the big and the strong as one time war was seen as a valiant thing where you would have your best, most powerful men fight it out to the death in sort of some chivalrous way. But now we have these predators in, in, in suits pushing paper at desks who are attacking the most innocent people in our society, the disabled, the elderly, 
and the preborn. And this is what this cowardly, evil death cult is producing. More death, more destruction. And it should be noted, the numbers that are coming out from MAID being used, we, we've said that t- like 10, like 3.3% of people who died last year in Canada were died because of government-sanctioned death. That And that's not including uh, abortion and all the deaths that are there, because that would skyrocket the percentage. Most of the death that is happening in our culture right now is directed and funded by our governments. That's a reality of the situation that we live in. So when Christians are like, oh, the government's there for your good, Romans 13, and they have no concept of an antichrist government, you need to wake up. Mm-hmm. Or, or Christians who would say, oh, no, just just sit back and just let it all burn. Let it all fall apart. It's okay. It's not like it's not like Christians ended slavery, right? It's not like, yeah. it's not like Christians would go out into the garbage piles and rescue babies that, that were tossed there by, the, by Rome. It's not like Christians. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what Christians have done throughout history. And I, but that's getting too political, Andrew. Well, let me. You know what, Matt? Let me get a little political here for a moment. If if I I'm not prone to this, but if I might get just a little bit political, let me let me do this. this what you're seeing here, and and I, I've said this, and I want to be even more explicit than I have been already. What you are seeing here is the juxtaposition of worldviews. You are seeing competing religions. Because, and, and here's the thing about biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity presupposes that sin has made life difficult. Sin has made the world full of trials and tribulations and difficulties. Work is hard. Child labor is hard. Child rearing is hard. Relationships are hard. Life is full of difficulties and it is costly to live with integrity and to do what God requires of you comes at a high expense. The Christian worldview presupposes all these things. The problem with this death cult married with this weird Marxist utopia is that we can in some way eliminate all of the evil and all of the suffering and all of the inequality in our world right now. It is an over-realized false eschatology. A biblical eschatology understands that the only way, the only thing that will bring about an end of all suffering, all death, all, all disease, and all injustice is when Christ returns to redeem this created order that has been subjected to futility because of sin. We understand that. We understand that there is a day when there will be no more death, disease, suffering, and disaster. We know that. But that day is not today. Today, where it, it, the day in which we live is one where there is suffering, there is death, there is disease, there is injustice. We know this. But ours is not to fix all of the problems and create heaven on earth now. Ours is to obey Christ with integrity, knowing that it's costly. That's the Christian worldview. But this worldview thinks that we can fix all those problems now. Now, the issue is how they purport to fix the problems. So being a parent is difficult. Carrying a child, if you're a woman, is difficult. Giving birth to that child is difficult. Caring for that child is difficult. It's not easy. 
It's costly, and really it is a lifelong kind of commitment and cost that is a part of it. So what's their solution to eliminating that unwanted difficulty? Murder the baby. Even after the baby's born, they're, they're trying to push for legislation that if you have a botched baby murder, you can just let the baby die. Or why not after five minutes? It's still, it's still you know, what's the difference? It's just passed through the birth canal. So their solution is murder the baby. You know what else is difficult? Sin has created mental illness. Mental illness exists and disabilities exist because sin ravages the creation. So what does this look like? Well, this looks like physical disabilities and sicknesses that are debilitating, that people have to suffer with these physical illnesses and these physical disabilities. And they, they, are, they are numerous, whether it's, whether it's cancer or whether it's spina bifida or whether it's gender dysphoria or gender identity disorder. These are all consequences of sin. So the Christian worldview understands that there is sin in the world that affects us, and we can't just we can't just kind of just brush, kind of have a brush stroke and eliminate all sin and all difficulty and all evil. The Christian understands that we're to be faithful to Christ in this world, in the midst of difficulties and trials and, and tribulations, and we're to honor him. And it will be costly and it will be difficult and that just doesn't go away. But what does this worldview want to do? Well, again, let's just eliminate all difficulties. Let's eliminate all discomforts. But how, and again, how do they purport to, to solve the problem? Well, if you're depressed, you can now kill yourself with doctor-assisted murder. Or if you have a physical disability that's particularly debilitating, you can also kill yourself. Or if you do screening, if you do genetic screening while you're pregnant with a child and you understand that child might have a disability, yeah, you can kill it then too. Or if you struggle with gender identity disorder, we'll just cut off your genitals and we'll make you sterile, both through physical and chemical castration so you can't have kids. Like this is their solution. And this goes all the way through because made now is for anyone in any age with depression or 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 a terminal illnesses. So let's keep going. So what, what else do they offer? So you get older, you're at the end of your life. Again, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. It is very painful and uncomfortable. And what do the scriptures say? The scriptures say that those who are older have a have a wealth of wisdom that they've gained over years. Ground hair is a ground hair. Gray hair is a crown of glory upon the head of the elderly, Proverbs say. Mm -hmm. And so people who are older to be protected and cared for, and we're not supposed to just discard them, but learn from them and glean from them. There's wisdom. There's years. They have been through so much. There's such value to us mm -hmm. that we understand that even though it's difficult, they must endure. And I know people. I know people who are old, couples who are very old with very difficult illnesses, and they understand that. As Lord as long as as long as the Lord gives us breath, we will we will keep doing what we're doing, mm -hmm. and and it's 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 faithfulness. But what this worldview says, no, eliminate that, eliminate the discomfort, eliminate the pain, and what's their solution? Yet again, death and destruction. That's mm -hmm. their only answer. Their and, only answer to problem is death and destruction, mm -hmm. and not life. And this yeah. is the competing worldview because we say the answer is what faithfulness mm -hmm. and steadfastness. Mm -hmm. And the hope that Christ will return and deal with these problems once and for all. This, mm -hmm. this is the religious battle that's going on right now. Yeah, yeah, and we know that uh, Christ's strength is made manifest in our weaknesses and our infirmities. So, 
lots of people because they've lived their lives trying to play their own god trying to be god themselves when death and destruction and infirmities uh, assail them the reality the the roof is torn off their house and the avalanche of reality comes storming in on them and the, the fact of the matter is they're not god and they're deluded for thinking that but instead of using this weakness to turn to god for strength for com- comfort in their weakness, they again take one last vestige of playing God by determining when they live and when they die. And that's essentially the spiritual root of this this practice. And, and it's sad because it's not as a lot of people have said, right? Our country isn't really enlightened. We don't say, oh, if you want to die, you will just help facilitate that process. You can just take your life regardless. No, the fact of the matter is it's the government who sanctions these deaths because there's only certain people under certain c- criteria who actually can take part in MAID. So essentially what is being done, it's not individuals making this decisions based on their own autonomous reason. No, it's the government saying, here's a line, a big red line in the sand. If you're on this side of the line, will allow you to die if you're on this side of the line line you you're not allowed to partake in the procedure now we're we're seeing that it that line is getting pushed and pushed and pushed but nevertheless what we're seeing is the government playing God deciding who should live and who should die in our society. It's not an individual choice. That's nonsense. That's propaganda. This is state sanctioned murder, taxpayer funded, and we have to end it in Canadian society because it is totally insanely corrupt. And you're seeing it being offered to people who just want some assistance in life. Unbelievable. As somebody who's worked with people with mental and physical disabilities, that's totally un like that's totally unthinkable but it's not surprising again all this stuff is not surprising it's totally unthinkable that simmons would run this ad that doesn't show furniture or clothing or anything it's unthinkable that balenciaga would have advertisements with with toys wearing and dolls and teddy bears wearing bondage gear with with kids in front of like bondage items and with tape that reels Balenciaga wrapped around chairs with demons drawn by children in the back of the photo for an advertisement. It's totally unthinkable that that stuff would happen, but it's not surprising because yeah. those who hate Christ love death, and that is what we're seeing in our culture this is the manifestation of our culture th- trying to throw off the yoke of the uh, uh, of Christ in his reign and his rule just like psalm 2 um says but guess what's happening god's sitting in the heavenlies and he's laughing at this folly and he will destroy any of those who are promoting this kingdom of darkness or, and who are foot so- soldiers thereof so our call is flee Flee the destruction. Flee the darkness. Come to the light in Christ. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's unbelievable that we are where we are in our culture, but not surprising. Um, but it's it is truly sickening to see all this stuff come come to pass. That's what we're about here at the the Liberty Coalition Canada. We, we're about liberty and not libertarian, not libertinism, not I can do whatever I want, but liberty, which is doing what 
is good and right within various constraints and boundaries. And so we want to promote life and we want to promote life more abundantly. We want to promote liberty. We want to promote what is actually good for the well-being and the flourishing of humanity. And so we would ask you, as we have already, please consider donating to Liberty Coalition Canada so we can continue to fight this fight. That we can bring you the news and the stories from the perspective that you're not going to get anywhere else. That we can offer the commentary from a biblical perspective that you're not going to get anywhere else. That we can continue to fight for the rights of Canadians who are being discriminated against because of their beliefs. And so that we can continue to work in the realm of advocacy, training Christians to think wisely and engage politically and socially. And if you do donate specifically to the analysis and shows, your donation can receive a charitable receipt at the end of the year. This is one of the amazing things that's come from our partnership over at the Christian Week. So please consider donating and supporting our work. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch. We love to have you here. Until next time, Galatians 5.1. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.LibertyCoalitionCanada.com.